So today we're closing out this series called Friending, and we're really tying in like this idea of friending with this idea of like missions. At our church, we're really passionate about giving to missions and being a part of missions. And that's not just like, hey, send some money way far away that people will never meet. We're really passionate about that even here locally as well. And so we try to do different things here within our community, here within our state, here within uh, the United States uh, to make an impact in the lives of people. And so this is what we're we're talking about. And, and when we become the type of friends that God wants us to be, then we find out that mission takes on a whole new light. A few weeks ago, we had someone send in a digital connection card. It was actually someone watching online. And uh, this person said, uh, and we won't say, say the person's name, but they said, this person is my nail lady. It was, uh, it was me, some of my cousins, right? So see, you thought it was a female, you don't know. And so uh, you guys don't know, but if you go down to any of the nail salons, you just mentioned my name, it's 10% off. They do your nail, the cuticle, all of it, okay? So she said, <laughs> she said, after seeing how she treats people, after seeing how she treats herself, I asked her, what church do you go to? And then she said, I need to be there, and I've been watching ever since. How cool is that? That the way that we act outside of church, yeah, I think that's awesome. We're in a clappy mood today. All right. Auburn and Alabama both did win. Tennessee didn't play, so that's a, well, three wins in a row, right? <laughs> All right, so um, I just think that's amazing that our life outside of church is more than just what happens on Sundays, that there's a uh, you know, six other days in the week, and it's how we act outside of there that people are watching us, and the way that we act, the way that we behave plays a role in the lives of people. And so missions happens the moment that you step outside of your door. That's when missions takes place. It's not just some foreign field. Like, we live in a mission field, and, and we talk about this all the time in Etowah County, where seven out of 10 people don't go to church anywhere but yet we have one church for every 300 people. Imagine that. Imagine that there are grocery stores everywhere, but people are starving. They don't have access to get in. And yet we have the hope or the light of the world. Maybe you're watching online, and, and what I love about Cornerstone is there's so many people who are coming here who, who don't have a relationship with Jesus yet or they're just now coming back to faith, or just coming back to church, and, and this is a place where you can grow in your walk with God, and as you understand that, you find that people's faces, each face has a soul, and that soul will spend eternity somewhere, and it takes on a whole new meaning on how we're going to live life. Now, I think a lot of times the reason why we don't want to feel like we're a mission field is because we know we're not very good examples. Right? Let's just be honest. Some of us, some of us get a little uh, more intense when we're driving in the road, maybe a little road rage. Maybe you feel like at your house you're not the best mom, not the best dad. You tend to raise your voice. You tend to say things maybe you don't want to say. We make bad choices. We make bad decisions. We go out a little too late. We went to the wrong place. We hang out with the wrong group of people. And I think all of us can say, hey, we've got some bad friends, or maybe I don't have the best friends or whatever. And so now many of us in this society Society have turned to social media for our friendships. And social media is honestly a horrible uh, replacement for genuine friendships. And so what we have to do is redefine what friendships look like. Many of us have countless Facebook friends, 
countless Instagram friends, countless followers, you know, and we have all these things and that's how we measure a lot of times our success. And I think most of us, if you're maybe uh, millennials or if you're a Gen Z, you're really interested in who follows you, who unfollows you, who blocked you, or what, what sort of things that you're filling your mind with, or whatever the case might be. And I think if we're honest, we know all those people that are on our friends list aren't really our friends. It's like the person that you met that one time. And it's like, hey, I know them, we're nice, and now we can be Facebook friends. And then what do you do when you start following someone for the first time? Women, you stalk them. You start scrolling down there, and then you, the dreaded double tap, you like that picture from three years ago on accident, right? Like, do you unlike it now? Do you like it now? They know, right? All these things. And so we've just changed the way that we have defined friendships. I think a lot of us this year in 2020 probably have unfriended or blocked or muted or unfollowed some people in 2020, right? I mean, because you see some people and they start posting content on their Facebook page and you are on the opposite end of the political spectrum. You're like, I can't believe they would say that. I can't believe she feels that way. Bloop unfriend, right? Or maybe you are one of those people that make this post and it's some stance or something. You say, this is what I believe. And if you don't like it, unfriend me. Or I'm about to clear out my friends list. Please don't take me off of your Facebook friends list. What would I do if I didn't know what you ate yesterday? Where you checked into, right? What clothes you wore, but we make this thing a big deal. I can't believe so-and-so unfollowed me on Instagram. How do you know? <laughs> Maybe you care too much. And with COVID-19 and all the social injustices and oh, we have this thing happening in a couple of days called an election in America, chances are you've probably stopped following lots of people. And we let these differences divide us. Social media is a front door to our lives and we allow this front door to keep us from genuinely liking someone. When we really don't know anything about them, we just know how they feel about certain topics. I think it's really important because as we're talking about all of this, as we start to redefine ourselves or we start looking at some of these people and going, you know, I really wanna keep you a little bit farther away, some of the questions we probably should be asking is what type of friends should I have? Right now, granted, we're talking about more than just like social media. We, we wanna talk about like actual, like living, breathing people that you actually sit down with or they're in your home or, or you actually talk to, you actually have a relationship with these people. And those are the type of things we're asking. And we've kind of said this, it's been like an overarching theme for this whole series, is show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. This is important, like when I was a student pastor, I did this for eight and a half years in student ministry, and I would always tell teenagers, hey, your friends are important. They set a trajectory for your life. They're gonna determine where you end up, some of the decisions you make, and you might think she's attractive now. <laughs> Wait till after college. You might think something differently, right? Or hey, you might think he's cool now. He's the popular guy. He can smash a beer can on his head. Find out where he is in 10 years. The friends that you make will determine where you go, but then you fast forward, we become adults. And the same thing is true, that the friends that you have determine your future. 
Proverbs 13, 20, I love this. Uh, Solomon, one of the wisest men to ever live, said this. Walk with the wise and you become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. If you hang out with idiots, you're gonna get in trouble, all right? If you hang out with people you shouldn't spend time with, you're gonna become like them. Now, I've lived in Alabama for 14 years. Now, think about this for a second. Um, when you are around people long enough, you start to do things that they like to do. And now, being in Alabama for 14 years, I guess, still not long enough to be Southern because, my wife says, I like tomatoes and sugar, right? A lot of people don't like that. I like fried green tomatoes and I like some many things. Uh, but you know, some of this other stuff. So my wife still doesn't really allow me to be like true Southerner yet. Even though I've lived here longer than anywhere else, I try to put my stamp here. I'm trying to make my own, like I have nine acres of land. I can tell you that living in Alabama for 14 years, I'm all about some hunting and fishing and loving every day. <laughs> yeah, there's my country people, all right? And um, honestly, before I moved to Alabama, I could care less about college football. <laughs> because the only thing that matters is the Denver Broncos. Don't talk about our record. All I'm saying is that's all that matters, all right? And that's all I cared about. But you know what? I love watching SEC football. I love the trash talk. I love all the stuff that goes into it. I love the pride that goes into uh, football season. It, it's so much fun. I love that. And that stuff is worn on me. And, and literally, like, um, like, the things that I do now as, as an adult, I never thought I would do. Like, I planted this year with my son, who is in 4-H. <laughs> How redneck does that sound? Um, I planted a green field on my property. Why? Because we're gonna kill deer. And then we're gonna eat them, all right? Like, uh, I never would have done stuff like that outside of being in Alabama. And then just my circle of friends, right? We have our own language, we say words that like, when we say them to other people, like, what are you talking about? It's just like insider language. It's like our own inside jokes. We can say things or someone can do that one thing that we're all in public and we'll lose it because we know what that means to us, right? You'll have to talk about my daughter and what, what the country China means to her, right? It's just so many things that is funny to us, means nothing to you, and that's what happens when you have a circle of friends. In Proverbs 12, 26, it says, the righteous, holy people choose their friends carefully. How are you choosing your friends? The way of the wicked leads them astray. So I like to kind of share this thought like this, that we, we meet people by chance, but we deepen friendships by choice. I love that because, you know, in pastoring this church now for, for six years and Cornerstone will turn six in February, there are so many people that I've just met by chance. So many of you I've met by chance. For whatever reason, you showed up here and through just showing up here and we're being in the same place at the same time, I'm saying to you that there's a chance that you and I, we might become friends, that so many others have become friends to my wife and I, and you've been into our homes and we've shared dinner together and we've been through highs and lows together and we've had like small groups with people in our houses and then we go and we travel, we have fun with people, people that by chance I never would have met. But then you are able to deepen those relationships by choice. 
And if we're honest, some of us avoid others by choice as well. Not that I would avoid any of you. (laughs) And our friends help us or hurt us. They're gonna set us forward or they're gonna hold us back. And so your friends, you should be asking yourself is this, are they helping my walk with God? Are they hurting my walk with God? And ultimately, like, look, like, here's the thing. Like, we talked about this in our small group this last week. Is like, all of us are on like just different stages or different levels of our faith journey. And the thing is not about perfection. It's just about following God. It's just about progress. As long as you're taking steps forward in your faith, that's all that matters. Like, as long as you're growing, like, maybe you've never read the Bible before at all. And like, you read one chapter, like, man, I, I just stopped. I only could read one chapter. Yeah, but that is something that you've never done before. You celebrate that growth. And then you begin to work from there. And like, you just make subtle changes and you begin to grow. But are the friends around you, are they helping your walk with God or are they hurting it by what they do? It's impossible to live right when you have the wrong friends. It's impossible. You cannot live right when you have the wrong friends. First Corinthians 15, 33, uh, the apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and he says many things in regards to living for God and what it should be. And then he says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. Bad company corrupts good character. It's easy to fool people. Churches, it happens every Sunday. It's some of the happiest, most genuine people. We come in and we feel good about ourselves and then you're gonna go home and that argument with your spouse picks up right where you left off. Your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your boss, your financial situation, everything seems great here, but away when you're by yourself, it goes back to normal. It's easy to fool people. It's easy to wear a mask when there's something truly deeper going on inside of us. Some friends, if we're honest, just are not good friends to have at all. And as a follower of Jesus, there is this tension. Here's the tension. Jesus says that we are to be the light of the world. There should be no darkness. We should be living as followers of the light. And we want to follow Jesus and we want to do what he says. But at the same time, Jesus was a friend of sinners and not just any sinners. It says in scriptures, notorious sinners, people who were prostitutes and and tax collectors and political people. He was their friend. But how can you be the friend of sinners but yet also be a follower of the light? And maybe you feel like that for yourself. You have like these friends, you're like, ah, that friend. They're gonna show up and they'll do that thing. They don't care who's around. Like, it's one of those friends you're like, I would never want my pastor to meet them because I don't know what he or she would say or do in front of them, right? Those types of friends. But then here at the same time, you're at church, you're watching online, and you're trying to live right. You're saying, like, what is the balance here? This is really hard. How are we supposed to do that? And so for Jesus, for those of you who are followers of him, he was able to draw lines when he needed to draw lines, Yeah, he was a friend to sinners, but at the same time, the people that he spent the most time with weren't people who would classify themselves as those who really needed God. He had a different core. And so for you, I'd ask, who are those closest people to you? 
Let's just focus on that group. And a few weeks ago, we saw many of us in America, it said, what, some 76% don't even have one person they would consider a close friend. But who are the closest four to five people around you? It could be your coworkers. Like those could legit be your closest people and you may not consider them that way. They might be your closest friends because you talk to them about whatever it is. It could be some family. Who is it? Who are those people that help you grow? And so as you learn to, to focus on that circle of friends, are they helping you or hurting your walk with God? These are the people who are gonna be there for your ups and your downs. And, and we have friends like that. When like things are, are, are just messy, we're there for each other. When, when we have health issues, we're there for each other. When we go through like dramatic things in life, we're there for each other. When we don't have a lot or we don't have, or we have abundance, we're there for each other through the ups and the downs. These are those friends who can hold you accountable. Now this is important because I think many Americans, we don't like this. People who call you out when it's time to call you out. We hate it. When people point out our flaws, Aaron does it to me almost daily. <laughs> I'm like, what else can you find wrong with me today, woman? All right, did not know I had that issue as well, all right? But it's good, right? It's good, and we're all learning and growing. But when it comes to friendships, who are those people that tell you when you mess up, when you cross lines that you know you shouldn't cross, and they say, hey, I don't think you should do that. Hey, I don't think you should go there. I don't think your husband, I don't think your wife's gonna like that. I don't think you should have bought that. We get offended. How dare you say that to me? How can you get into my business like that? Well, I'm sorry, I thought there was this thing where we could tell each other everything, whether it was good or bad. We need friends who will be honest to us Hey, when you're being an idiot, when you're just being Debbie Downer, when you're being Mr. Krabby Patty, whatever, like, they're the people like, dude, bro, like, hey, we're all having a good time. You're kind of being a jerk. Hey, you were really rude to that waitress. It's busy in here. Can you tell? Hey, I, I get, like, da, 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 da. like, we need friends like that who hold us accountable, Hey, I'm just checking in on you. Just want to make sure I haven't seen you at church or I don't know if you're watching online or whatever. I've noticed like, you know, you used to pray a little more or whatever and you're not. Like, are you good? You need friends who will hold us accountable. We need people who will speak into our life. And Jesus, even though he was a friend of sinners, had 12 disciples. And even with the 12 disciples, he only spent time with three of them the most. Just Three. And then even then, Jesus would still go off to be alone so that he could be with God, so that God could begin to refresh him again. He loved people equally. He did not treat people equally. And I think that is a tension we have to wrestle with. We love everyone equally, but we're not gonna treat everyone equally because we can't. And Jesus did the same thing there. And he was able to do that. And so I think for many of us, it's time to redefine our friendships, value the thing that God values and say to myself, if I have some bad influences or if I'm being the bad influence, I want what's best. And so whatever that means, whatever that looks like, whatever you have to do, do those things where you surround yourself with maybe a different circle of friends, and that's really what the church is all about. That we're here for each other like that. That maybe you'll meet someone here by chance, and 
here you are as a couple and you meet this other couple and you just spark this friendship and then you start just doing things and the next thing you know, you're, you're at house at their house for dinner and then you bring them to your house for a cookout and your kids are the same age. They're in the, like my daughter's in yellow room now. It's so sad. It's the last one before they go to big kids' rooms and stuff. And your kids are the same age and they're growing up together and you start to find yourself going, hey, we have a lot in common hey, we're hanging out together and you find yourself becoming friends with people that just rewind the tape six months ago, you never thought you would be friends with. And that's what we wanna do is maybe redefine our inner circle of friends. So we're gonna go through three quick thoughts this morning on redefining friendships, right? The first one is this, don't let your friends distract you from God's plan. Don't let them distract you from God's plan, all right? Whatever you're doing, Jesus did this to Peter, all right? Jesus knew that his whole mission in life was to what? To die on a cross for you and for me and for the sins of the entire world. He knew he had to be the final sacrifice. He knew that's what needed to happen. And and Jesus says, it's my time to go. And Peter, one of his closest three, is like, nah, Jesus, that is not happening. You will not die. We will fight for you. We will not let that happen. And listen to what Jesus says to Peter, who would honestly, some would say, would be his best friend. He's, Jesus says to Peter in Matthew 16, 23, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. So he says to Peter, basically one of his best friends, not today, Satan. You might be telling me this, but I know what God has called me to do. You're looking at this from a human perspective. I'm looking at this from a godly perspective, a heavenly perspective. And so let me share it like this. Some of you feel like God might be leading you to do something. I feel like I should serve here. I feel like I should give to that. I feel like I should blank. I feel like I should befriend this person. Whatever it is, like God is leading you to do something. Don't be around people who constantly question what God is doing in your life. Are you sure you're supposed to go serve there? Are you sure you should give to that? Do you know who that person is? And they're always constantly cutting down what God is trying to do in your life. Don't surround yourself with those type of people. And this is not like a, you know, sometimes you might be around people like, why do you always give? Why do you always show up? Why do you gotta be online? Why do you have to do this? Like, why do you have to give your finances? Like, are, are you trying to be some holy, oh, you won't go watch that movie now? Mr. and Mrs. Holier Than Thou, you can't see it with me now? Can't go to the movie theater with me now? I see. Oh, you can't go to that party with me now, huh? Whatever God is leading you to do, lean into that. Lean into that and don't constantly surround yourself with people who are trying to keep you from what God is telling you. And there might be a time in your life where you grow to your point in your faith where you say, hey, for me, this is the right thing to do. And maybe you're gonna make some different choices. I'm not judging you for that. But for me, this is where I need to be right now. The right friends will never stop you from doing what God wants you to do. The right friends will never stop you from doing what God wants you to do to do. The second thought is this, don't let your friends tempt you to sin. 
We don't have to define sin. Sin is anyone who knows you do right and doesn't do it for that person. It's sin. And then there are clear-cut things in the Bible. It's like this thing is sin. All right? I believe, all right, this is just a personal opinion, that we can allow certain things such as like, I don't know, football to become sin because sometimes in my own life, I like to elevate it higher than anything else. That's just a fancy word for it. That's become an idol in my life when it's more important than anything else. And so don't be around people who are gonna tempt you to sin. Now, this seems logical. We wanna love people. Maybe you have some friends who are like, hey, they're kinda out here. They need to be in church. I'm the only person they talk to about anything. You have some of those people where they're like, they're just, their life is jacked up. I'm the only person at work they talk to for whatever reason, right? But at the same time, you can't allow those people to drag you down or pull you back from your faith, right? So it's very simple. If you're around people who gossip, leave. If you're around people who are talking trash about others, don't take part, all right? Ladies, don't be around other women who like to slander other women. I never can tell, I don't know how good you are at doing this, but for whatever reason, a new woman comes in and bloop, bloop, look, you know. The eyes have went up and down in three seconds. You've already made a decision. How do you do that? You're so good at it. I would love to learn that trick. That's pretty amazing. But you've already made a choice. You've already determined in your mind, like her, don't like her. Hmm, she's all right. Ain't got nothing on me. Sassy, right? <laughs> don't be around people who like to tear down other people. And like men, don't be around other men, especially if they're married or single, who are constantly talking about other women they are not married to and how attractive or how hot they are. Come on, guys. A real man's like, hey, listen, I only got eyes for one woman and I'm married to her. I liked it, I put a ring on it. <laughs> Beyonce. Just so you know, I'm eclectic in my music, all right? Only have eyes for one person. So guys, don't be around other guys who are constantly talking about other women, especially if they're married. This is ridiculous. Guys, you want to know why adultery is up in America? Because we're not committed to the ones that we're married to. Have eyes for only one person. And this is the type of things that we're talking about, right? Don't let your friends drag you down. You might have a circle of friends who keep you from church. You know it's good for you. We're not, we're not talking about viruses. We're not talking about online. We're just talking about people who keep you like, why would you want to be a part of that? Don't let them into your inner circle of friends. Here's the third thought. Don't ever stop loving people with the unconditional love of Christ. Don't ever stop loving people with the unconditional love of Christ. Now, unconditionally, let's just get this out there, does not mean we love everything that they do, all right? They might do some things that we're not going to like, agree with, or condone. That's not what we're saying at all, but it should not change the way that you love that person. So let's go back to that person that you have unfollowed, unfriended, blocked on social media. You may not agree with how they feel, how they're going to vote, what they think about the virus, mask or not, vaccine or not, or whatever case thing that they might be, whatever platform they wanna stand on, you may not agree with it, but you should still love them because Jesus still died for them just as much as he died for you. 
And Jesus is not an American Jesus. You don't see in the gospel an American gospel. There's no American dream in the Bible. So let's put those things first because they're more important than anything else. I can love people regardless of what they believe. I'm saying that out loud, it's much harder to do in practice. But we don't ever wanna not love someone because of something they've said, something they do, something that they've been, or whatever they look like, or how many times they've been arrested, or what kind of, what kind of record they have, what kind of person they are, how many times they've been divorced, how messed up they are, what drugs they're addicted to, whatever the case might be. You fill in the blank. We're not saying love everything they do. We're just saying just love them no matter what. Because somewhere along the line, I can promise you probably, this is just a guess, that somewhere along the way, that person had something happen to them. Now, we're not gonna say all the things that they've done after that isn't on them. But hurt people hurt people. And they're there because at some point in time, something happened and they never let it go and they attached to some addiction. They tried to find love in a person and they keep trying to find the right person they had a lot of money, maybe they're on the street, whatever. They work, work, work all the time because they feel like this is the only way they're gonna find acceptance in life and blah, blah, blah. Something happens to them. And when we just take the time to just push all that stuff away and just focus on the fact that Jesus loves them, I should just love them too. Give them the benefit of the doubt even though we don't want to. Maybe something that God might use you for could change their life. This is where many people who have come to Cornerstone have the same experience. This is where they stopped going to church because they've experienced judgmental Christians. They didn't dress the way they were supposed to dress. You said something you weren't supposed to. Whatever. I like that we can be around people and just be real. I like to say a couple of things about our church. I, I like that um, in our small groups, and I'm not just saying mine, but all of them, you might have someone that might say a, a bad word, like a cuss word. And guess what? That's okay. Because not everyone might be as far along in their faith as you. And if you don't like that, be in a more spiritual group. You can call yourselves, we're the holy rollers, and be in that group. You can start that one. I like that our church has people that smoke in front of it. If people aren't smoking in front of your church, you're not doing it right. <laughs> what I'm saying is people aren't gonna have their life together. And that's okay, because if you can't go to church and not have your life together, then what are we doing this for? So what I'm telling you is that every single person that I've seen in this room, and for those of you who are watching online, if I could look at you eye to eye, 
I would tell you that no matter what, no matter what you've done, no matter all the things you put on yourself, all the labels, all the masks, all the whatever, I am telling you that Jesus pushes all those things aside and says, I love you. That person inside, when you're laying down at night, when you feel the most alone, the most hurt, the most pain, the most sorry for yourself, Jesus says, that's the person that I died for. And I want to have a relationship with you. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 13. He says, now I'm giving you, who is you? Christian people, a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to who? The world that you are my disciples. How do people know if we're genuinely followers of Jesus? How we love others. And we live in a society, in a place where honestly people just need to know that someone cares about them. You have no idea the effects and jobs that have been lost and all the things that have happened, all the systemic things that have taken place in our society and all the stuff that's wrapped up into it. You have no idea what that person's story is. You might see an exterior. You might have made a decision about them. You might have made a judgment call. But until you take the time to get to know the heart of the issue, who are we to say anything? One of our values here at Cornerstone, and we just have four of them, but one of our values here is total acceptance. We value total acceptance. That means we're gonna love people no matter what. We will love you no matter what. You're watching online, you're like, I don't think I can show up in church. No, you can come here and we'll love you no matter what. We will be a church that has known what we are for, not what we are against. So how does all of this tie in to missions? When we begin to see the world through the lens of Jesus, that every single person has a soul, every single soul will spend eternity somewhere, it changes the way that we focus on things. It changes the way that we spend our money. It changes the way that we act. It changes the way how we interact with others because one day that person will spend eternity somewhere and we're gonna do everything we can while we're here to teach them about Jesus to help them build their life on him so that their lives will be forever changed, if not here in Etowah County, all over the world.